We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 253. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And this is the Major Snow Podcast. And uh, honestly, the, we're pro- this is going to be pretty much focused on this storm. This may be a short podcast, which is fine. We're doing some stuff. Uh, got a winter storm coming. Got a winter storm on the horizon. Well... <laughs> Not, I can't, can't say the horizon because it's not going to be here in the morning, but the next night, this is winter storm eve, basically. Okay, yeah. You know, I'm kind of glad that they uh, popped this uh, quickly because normally they wait and it's like, eh, but I mean, everything was just pointing in this direction once that storm came on board. Well, the models came into agreement a little, you know, just, you know, a few days ago, actually, they were starting to trend towards that low positioning uh, right to where it's going to give us the most snow here in southern Missouri, kind of, <laughs> you know, along and south of I-44. You know, at first they were saying, yeah, I could go two ways, north or south, yeah. of course. But, uh, yeah. Well, I think because... If you it, like snow, I think we lucked out on this one. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, because they were talking, uh, of course... People have to understand, and we always say this on on the page, it's like, you know, if the storm is not on shore, it's just a guessing game. And that's why models were going all over the place. Uh, But uh, it it was that. So remember I sent you that uh, satellite the other day? I said, I think this is the storm. Yeah, Yeah, that was it. And it is getting its act together. So let's let's just uh, focus on this thing. Yeah, like you said, Corey, this thing is set up where we are in the prime Area south of 44. Uh, matter of fact, if you look at where the winter storm warning is plotted out, Branson is right smack in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, and it's we usually it's not like that. Usually, usually we would just out just right outside of it or, right. or just in the two to three inches. But this is you know if you like snow, this is this could be your 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 storm. Yeah, and and I did you see that post I made the other day? It was a short post about you know well if you like snow, this is it. If you if not, sorry. And I think that had like 30 comments on it within two hours. Like, whoa, do I need know how to start a post or what? Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, you know, I like this snowstorm because, you know, we're looking at 50s by Saturday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, yes. we'll have a snowpack, but hopefully it's not going to be a huge impact for the rest of the week. You know what I'm saying? It might come and go. Yeah, I'm hoping. Now, uh, you and I both talked about this earlier. Uh, the, at first, they had you know the snow coming in, and then the high, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Well, I think it's Wednesday. It's the 39. And we're, and right. we're, we're like, mm, don't, not sold on that. And they've lowered it. It's thir- still 36. Well, if we get nine inches of snow, you know, even if the sun's out, that snowpack's going to keep it cold. 
Exactly. The, the the good thing, and I said this on the live cast earlier, the, the good thing is the temperatures are going to hover around 30 or whatever. So when the road crews get out there, they start spreading and stuff and plowing. It's going to be fine, you know. Yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah, it's just I mean, getting out of my driveway. Rural That's the problem. Areas, you know, <laughs> we're going to have some issues. Uh, yeah, I- exactly. And I'm glad because I, w- I had a recording session uh, with a buddy of mine tomorrow from like three to ten, and I told him it's like, look, man, <laughs> you know, I mean, three to ten tomorrow night. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that ten o'clock would be uh, iffy. Yeah, you know, and and the forecast did keep changing because for a while there, the forecast said you know rain and then rain mixed with snow at nine p.m. and then yeah. changing yeah. all snow at midnight. Well, it's way earlier now. I mean, I think what is the latest? It's uh, six. It's supposed to kind of change over and get heavy now. I mean, it's well, the winter storm warning actually goes into effect at four. Okay, it's a now, couple hours now. Over to our uh, east. They're delaying it till six. There's two, actually, two different start times. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So okay, but so we're in the four o'clock. Start well, I time. did notice the when Tulsa fired uh, fired that one. It was like at noon or something, wasn't it? It was like way earlier. Yeah, they start at noon. Uh, for you know Fayetteville, Eureka Springs, that area over there. Oh yeah, and again, I need to start posting more in the road conditions group because we're going to have some road issues. Uh, now, the the thing that kind of not scares me but concerns me is we're going to get this snowpack overnight. It's going to be overnight Tuesday into Wednesday. So, in Wednesday morning, when everybody gets up, like well, I get up like at eight thirty or nine or whatever, the event's going to be pretty much over. It's going to be out. So Yeah, I'm seeing maybe we could have some lingering snow showers through the morning on Wednesday. But other than that, you know, cloudy. High at 37 on Wednesday, so it's going to get yeah. above freezing. But, you know, by Wednesday night, all that melting is going to turn into ice because the low is down to 23. That's Yeah, that's my concern because uh, any of that melting, oh boy, we're going to have some black ice situations. Uh, hopefully we'll, I mean... The road crews are really good here in Branson, uh, especially in my subdivision. Yeah. They are like cranking. Cra- the only thing I don't like, and there's nothing that anybody can do about it, uh, when they no. do plow the road, especially if it's eight to ten inches or lots of snow, they plow it right at the head of my driveway. So then yeah. I've got like twenty inches, <laughs> you know, which is fine. I mean, that, that, that's all good. Uh, okay, so let's let let's talk about gut instinct. What is your gut instinct? How much how much accumulation do you think we're gonna get? I'm comfortable with saying eight inches. Really? Yeah. Because a couple of days Absolutely. ago you said four. Yeah. But well, it's kind of changed, yeah. It I, has changed since then. I'm thinking We weren't six. for sure what was going on a couple of days ago. We weren't for sure what was going on last night. What are you talking about? Oh, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm thinking more six range. Uh, well, just because of the progressive nature. I mean, uh, I don't know. It'll be a contest. Well, it depends on how hard that snow comes down. They keep saying heavy snow. Heavy snow. Oh, well, yeah. And if we get like two inches an hour, I mean, which isn't out of the question, you know. Right. And, and they're talking about banding. Uh, it's a possibility of banding. And boy, if that happens, that's just going to dump. Well, you're going to see those bands. And that's the million dollar question. Where are those set up, you know? Uh, yeah, there's, it's impossible. And another question about it is when is it switching over? I've seen those snowstorms come through and they switched over. Three hours before they said it was going to switch over. From yes, and you remember that story? I told you I'm not going to tell it again. But for Karen and Karen and me, they were supposed to start changing oh, over you six. Were o- out. Yeah, we were in Springfield at one o'clock in the afternoon. All of a sudden, these gigantic pancake snow and it, 
two hours later, man, 65 was shut down. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, so you're totally right on that one. So I'm glad uh, my buddy who runs the session, I talked him into rescheduling. So we're going to reschedule into next next week. I said, you know. Oh, good. Because n- none of us, because it was supposed to be tomorrow and Wednesday. I said, dude, nobody's going anywhere on Wednesday morning. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I, I don't know, like you were talking about temperatures on the horizon, uh, you about ready for your segment? Cause I want to see what uh, the models are. I got the models up. Okay. What you're talking about. Well, let's do that then. Model minute, model minute. What do they say? It's the model minute. And it is the model minute. And Corey, I'm just going to toss this to you. You've got the, you've got the candy over there. So, so what are you well, seeing? I got, I got some models up. And and GFS is just my you know go to because you know it's it's a long term so sure uh, well it's gonna snow no like tomorrow no yeah can't but it does go through fast <laughs> but then I'm gonna fast forward really we don't have much going on we have another little system coming through maybe on the weekend oh really Saturday Sunday oh some rain and. Possibly some snow behind the main line. Uh, Ew. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, it looks like some of that snow is going to stay up north. Of course, that's what okay. they were saying about this system last week. That, that's Well, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, and, and that's watch, pretty I much guess, it. But this is a, mainly a overnight Saturday into Sunday, the 28th and 29th. Okay. But it goes through pretty quick, pretty quickly. Maybe we have some rain out of it. Good. But really, nothing much else until, you know, well, really nothing for us. Maybe some scary stuff down into Arkansas, but that's too far out to even discuss. Oh, okay. You're you're way long range at that. But uh, besides that bit of precipitation coming through on Saturday, which you know, right now our forecast grid says a chance of showers on Saturday, basically. Oh, okay. we're dry on the model. So, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. But I am concerned about something else. Have you looked at the temperatures lately? Uh, no. I honestly well, haven't. Sometimes well, I talk- say no and I have, but no, I have not. What's up? Let's talk about that a little bit. All right. Uh, we kind of know what's going on this week. We're going to, you know, with the snowpack, 30s, maybe 40 by Friday, 50s by the weekend. Well, Okay, great. Let's fast forward, and uh, we're talking average temperatures. I'm seeing some lows of you know, 12 degrees for Springfield, and this is uh, toward the end of the month on the 31st-ish, right around there. But what I'm mainly concerned about is I keep seeing these colder temperatures getting closer and closer to Missouri, and basically what I saw around Christmas time called the what we call a polar vortex. Oh, yeah. And uh, now, this is not a forecast whatsoever. We're looking at temperatures on the model, on the GFS here on February 3rd, which is uh, 264 hours away. Minus 12, minus 15. What? Yeah. No, 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 no. That is just something to keep an eye on. Now, the last time this happened, this was showing up just like this 
back in December. Remember that cold snap we had for those two days before Christmas? Right, right. Well, that was showing up on the models just like this. And it looks kind of similar. Yeah, I didn't see anything, you know, that... That was going to say, hey, we might get some winter weather associated with this. You know, it's still 300 hours out. We might. But, uh, oh, oh, so it looks like okay. It looks like it could get cold. So yeah. uh, maybe not a snowstorm, but it's something we're going to have to look look at. Keep an eye on for these cold temperatures. Possibly another polar vortex. No. No. By, I want to get out and play disc golf. You know, first week of February is what we're looking at. Well, that's next week. And that doesn't seem like that far <laughs> away. No, a week from Thursday is is February first. So you're talking this about this looks like uh, that weekend, the third, maybe, maybe the oh, second, no. third, right around there. Okay. Well, you know the, the the GFS is notoriously fairly good at thermals for some weird reason, but I've also seen them where they get aggressive and then like three or four days later they'll go, ah, well maybe not, not quite so much. It's something to keep an eye on for sure because, you know, this is exactly what happened. Yeah, I hate I, to have two cold snaps in a month and a half time. but uh, Well, but but still, I mean, fortunately, the, the Christmas thing, that only lasted a couple of days. It was down yeah. there, cold, and then it got back, what, it, that sharp warm-up, <laughs> you know, back up to well, 60. This has the super cold temperatures lasting for a couple of days. Still, still cool in the 20s. Okay. Warming back up into the uh, 30s by the end of the cycle run here on the 8th. Ooh, so there could be. I, I just don't want another, what is it, February 2020. Is it 2020 when that we went down to 13 below and stayed there or something? Well, it was cold, like 16 below is what we got down Gosh. to. Something, don't want it. I don't there. want that. We don't want that. Boo. That might no. boo. That's basically all I got on the model minute. Okay. Um, well, okay. So, uh, well, could you check one more thing? Uh, snowfall amounts. Okay. On this, because uh, the the euro, euro, especially the euro, because I don't have the euro. You got the euro. Well, I do, but I just haven't signed well, in. Let's see. Let's <laughs> see what I got on the euro here. Yeah. Because GFS. Yeah, I mean, the Canadian is not as quite as aggressive as the GFS. Okay, total snowfall, 10 to 1 ratio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Six inches. For, for us? For Branson. Well, I said 5 to 10. I mean, well, you know, if we do get 5. 6 4 inches. 5.4 for, uh, now the, the track is still the same. Okay. As all the other models. But uh, yeah, six to seven, possibly seven. So uh, you know that's still you know crippling for Branson for Wednesday morning for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, and uh, boy, tell people I'm trying to tell people because like guys, I didn't say that on the live cast. I may do another live cast tomorrow if something changes. I'll do a lot another live cast. But really, things look like they're they're pretty much set. I mean, every, everything is, is uh, I want to go over a little bit of, uh, the national weather service says a shovel smart graphic, uh, what you need to do if, and when you are going to go shovel, uh, when they say shoveling heavy, wet snow can cause back injuries and heart attacks. Don't push yourself. It's not going to be all that stupid cold, but if you're out there, take it easy. 
you know, especially if you have, you know, heart conditions or if you're elderly like me, uh, <laughs> you know, don't, don't think you're Superman. The snow will still be there. Take a break, rest, go, then you can go back out. Another one, dress warmly. That's, that's like a no brainer right there. Sure. Make, making sure to cover your head, fingers and toes. So don't go out and flip flops. I know a couple of people who would do that. <laughs> um, another one, stay hydrated. But avoid heavy meals right before or after shoveling. So don't have a big old T-bone steak, baked potato, you know, some pecan pie, and then go out and shovel your driveway. <laughs> no, that's not good. Uh, only move small amounts of snow, which is what I was saying earlier. You know, with each pass of the shovel, don't try to get uh, your whole shovel full. Because this, this SLR of 10 to 1, snow to liquid ratio, is going to make snow kind of heavy out there it's not it's very pa- heavy yeah when we got that at christmas that was powder that was easy yeah 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 it just it almost blew off by itself and the last thing take frequent breaks stop shoveling entirely if you feel tired or exhausted don't go out there you're going to tax your heart and people a lot of people still don't you know heed that they'll just go out there and say i can do it i'm healthy i can, I can go out there well don't don't be superman <laughs> All right, so that's what you got on the Model Minute, then? That's what I got. Okay, well, I think it's time to get to the weather school now. Uh, Kind of appropriate, we're talking about all these weather models. I'm bringing out the weather models. Weather school is going to explain tons of models. I mean, I can't go through the hundreds of one. I'll be a 30-minute weather school. But it explains the difference between what we call deterministic and probabilistic. That's uh, There's a difference in how they work. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. This week's topic is all about weather models. You've heard us constantly talk about models on our Facebook page, so we wanted to give you some insight on exactly what they are and how they work. There are so many different types of models out there, and they involve intense calculations of data provided by radiosondes. A radiosonde is a battery-powered instrument carried in the atmosphere by a weather balloon filled with hydrogen, and they're released twice a day from around 92 different National Weather Service offices all around the country. The balloons take the radiosondes way up in the atmosphere to measure things like altitude, temperature, dew point, wind direction and speed, and barometric pressure. Eventually, the balloons will burst after reaching a height of around 13 miles, and the radiosonde will fall back to Earth. You might happen to find one of these radiosondes on your property sometime. They're all equipped with a prepaid postal bag, so all you'd need to do is put the instrument in the bag, and the post office will return it to the National Weather Service for recycling. The raw data collected by the radiosondes are relayed back to the National Weather Service office and fed into supercomputers. In essence, the models themselves are computer programs that produce a future state of the atmosphere. All of them use mathematical calculations and project how they think the atmosphere will behave in the future. Each model uses slightly different equations and we get slightly different solutions with each one. 
Their accuracy is good one to three days out and starts decreasing after that. Most models are pretty good up to six days and only somewhat accurate after that. There are two types of weather models. One, probabilistic, and two, deterministic. Probabilistic models vary the starting conditions slightly and are basically producing a what-if scenario. The deterministic models are ones that run with a specific set of conditions and result in a single conclusion. One of the main ones we use is the GFS, or Global Forecast System. This one is updated every six hours and is designed for short, medium, and long-range output. This one can forecast 384 hours or 16 days out, although the accuracy really diminishes after about seven days. We also use the NAM, or North American model. It's similar to the GFS, but it has a shorter range in forecasting and only goes out about 84 hours. Another popular one is the ECMWF, or the European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecasting Model, or what we call the EC or European. It's different from the GFS and the NAM. The EC uh, has a high resolution and is able to forecast smaller scale processes. The difference between the American models, the GFS and the NAM, and the European is that the European collects data every hour for 12 hours before generating an output. The EC only updates twice a day and is really considered a little bit more accurate than the American models. Each model uses hypothetical situations and compiles a best guess based on the data they ingest. The GFS uses 21 hypothetical situations while the EC uses 51. The models run various scenarios and change small variables with each run, and then they select the most common result. Usually, most models come into the same agreement about two days out. A few other models in this category are the RGEM, or Regional Deterministic Prediction System, that's another Canadian model, and the JMA, which is a Japanese model. Some of the other shorter range models we use are the HRRR, or HER, which stands for High Res Rapid Refresh. This one only goes out 18 hours, but it's updated every hour. This one's good for very near-term forecasting, like severe weather events. Another is the WRF, or WARF, which stands for Weather Research Forecasting, and only goes out 48 hours. The WARF also updates every hour. There are even models that focus more on tropical weather, like the HWRF, or the Hurricane Weather Research and Forecasting Model. This one is a cousin to the WARF, and it's designed to track disturbances over the oceans. One of the longer-range models is the CFS, or Climate Forecast System. This one doesn't focus too much on near-term weather, because it's designed to look at the global climate patterns and make seasonal forecasts. Models only generate output for slices of the atmosphere in which weather and patterns have a propensity to differentiate, the first slice is taken at roughly 5,000 feet, where the friction from the Earth decreases considerably, and the airflow is more constant. The next slice is around 10,000 feet, 
And at around 18,000 feet, we're able to see areas of vorticity better, like low-pressure systems and ridges of high pressure. The top two slices are around 30,000 and 38,000 feet, and that's where we can see the jet stream much easier. Because models only give us slices of the atmosphere, then it's up to the human forecaster to make judgments on what weather should occur in the entire vertical column. Models are only used as a guide, and it's up to the forecaster to make the final call. Weather models are very complex, and it would literally take hours to fully explain the ins and outs of how they work, but this should give you a basic knowledge of weather models. So, next time you hear a forecaster say, models are indicating, then you'll know what we're talking about. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And that's not even close to the number of models the Weather Service has. They, I mean, I can't imagine. Even Mike said, remember Mike said it, it's like overwhelming at times the amount of models they've got there. Yeah, and how do they know which one's going to be right? Exactly. I mean, I, I'm... You know what model I like? I like the national blend of models. Do you? I do. Oh. It's a blend. Yeah. Well, I like it for the snowfall. It got it right last time. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, it's I didn't know that. between the snowfalls. Yeah. How, how do I it access... Was, it was closer than the GFS. The GFS was way up there, and then... The, the blend kind of got it right last time. Wait, can can I access that? I mean, could, how how do I access that? Is it just the ensemble? Um. Well, it's on Pivotal Weather. I don't know what you use exactly, but uh, I I can I can sign in. Yeah, it's on Pivotal. Oh, I'll you know what? I'll start using that. <laughs> no. Oh, I, I, we're ready for uh, in other news, but I got to ask a question now. Didn't you say your son Garen two weeks ago was calling for this or snow or something? Well. He started getting wind of it a little bit, but it was just through the teachers at the school asking him, hey, I hear we might have a snow. And he asked me about it the next day. I go, I'm going to snow? Are you crazy? <laughs> Plus, this is a week out. Don't be asking me about snow next Wednesday. <laughs> sure enough. And sure enough, here we go. Wow. Yeah, yeah I think I, I need to text Gary and tell him that he's going to have an honorary position if he keeps getting those accuracy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyway, all those teachers they they tune in for that. They I tune I, in for snow. They're they're ready to take some days a day off. Maybe probably two days off. Maybe even Oh, three. there's got to be a snow day to uh, uh Wednesday. Wednesday. Sure. Uh, yeah. 8 inches snow, come on. <laughs> all right. So let's get to the next segment in other news. You you got a little something over there? Um well, we got this comet going through this week and you can oh. see it if you look toward the north, but you, have, you really have to have a telescope or some nice binoculars. They say it may become visible with the naked eye, but there's lots of charts online. You can Google that to tell you where to look. Oh, and it's a green comet, which hasn't been, uh, you know, visible for fifty thousand years, and it'll oh be the last gosh. time in our lifetime to ever see it. But uh, I'd say that to say this: there's a new study out, and did you know that the night sky that we have right now? It's twice as bright as it was only eight years ago. And I'm talking light pollution. It's bright with light pollution. Oh. So 
so the stars that are out, you're you're not seeing as many stars out as you did just eight years ago. Wow. And it and, and, and they're forecasting for that light pollution to quadruple every eighteen years. Quadruple. Oh gosh. And that's no fun for people who like to look at those uh, stars or, or shooting stars during the meteor showers of and course. stuff we have. But, uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Now, you're talking Earth-generated light pollution. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. People. Okay. Wow. Absolutely. <clears throat> wow. Researchers estimate that a child born, born under a night sky with 250 visible stars would see less, would see fewer than 100 stars when they're eight years old. If there were 250 stars out when they were born, they're expecting that that they could only see well fewer than 100 stars when they're eight. Oh, my. It's, That's sad. Uh, it's concerning a little bit, but what, 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 what can we do about that exactly? Uh Go to bed. I mean, people instead of trying to stay up, you know, twenty four seven. That's what's happening. Now there are places to go where it's so rural that you go there for night photography, astrophotography is what they mm, call it. Okay, you go and watch those comets. And uh, the closest place that's night sky certified, not night sky, dark sky certified around here is the Buffalo National Park down there south of Harrison in Arkansas. Portions of that is certified as a dark sky park because they're so far away from any towns oh. that the sky is much brighter, the stars, than here in Branson or anywhere else. We need to I'd take like to a road trip down there. Night. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, especially when the so, comets out there. I thought you were going to say Taneyville. Taneyville. No, yeah. no, not no. quite. Not quite. Not Ridgedale. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite far enough. That's fascinating. I mean, do you know the name of this comet? They just, you know, I don't. It's just a green. I never, farm. I, I never really saw a name. It's probably a weird number or something. Oh yeah, true. Everybody's calling it the Green Sky Comet, the Green Comet. That's what it's called. You know, by the, you know, your yeah. uh, amateur stargazers. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we may get some pictures if we, if we have somebody who lives out in those rural areas. Uh, we should post it. Send us a picture. Yeah. That'd be good. Well, I only have I have one thing that I thought was fascinating. Uh, found it. Uh, the scientists report that the temperatures on Greenland, Greenland, haven't been this warm in at least a thousand years, and I that caught That's my a eye. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what they're doing, uh, they went. Uh, I'm just. Uh, it's a large article, so I'm just going to kind of scan through it. So it's really professional. I should have done my homework. Uh, no, they're talking about. Uh, they they're drilling ice cores to, to analyze how much the climate has impacted the country over the years. Uh, the further down they drilled, the further they went back in time, allowing them to separate which temperature fluctuations were natural and which were human caused. So basically. Uh, the consensus was they found that bet in between 2001 and 2011, that's only 10 years, uh, it was on average 1.5 degrees Celsius warmer, which is about two and a half degrees Fahrenheit, I think, uh, than it was during the 20th century. So last year, uh, not last year, last century. Uh, they reported uh, climate change played a significant role in the rise of the Arctic region. Uh, okay, so I'm scrolling down. The other thing, uh, Greenland is the largest contributor currently to sea level rise. Uh, 
They're saying... Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So if we keep going on this carbon emissions as we do right now, then by 2100, Greenland will have contributed up to 50 centimeters to sea level rise, and that will affect wow. millions of people who live in the coastline. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that, that's all I'm going to read on this one, just because it's a long article. It's very scientific. Uh, it's, it's worth, you know, seeing on there. So uh, there you go. You got Greenland, warmer than 1,000 years. So is that all you got? That's all I got. That's all I have, too. So I think it's time for the last segment. It's the weather word of the week. It's time for the weather word of the week. And since Corey has got it over there and... Yeah. Okay. Now I got to. I got to tell you this. I'm not sure how to pronounce this, so I'm not going to give you a buzzer or a ding on it. So, anyway. So, Corey, what is this week's Stormdar weather weather word of the week? Well, Rando, it is the Vados so- zone. The Vados zone. Oh, it's the go. locus of points just above the water table where soil pores may either contain air or water. This is also called the zone of Aeration. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure what that means, but it it reminds me of like when I'm playing disc golf and there's a puddle and there's like water and then there's dry and you step in it and it's kind of squishy. <laughs> That's the only thing. Yeah. I can think of. Does that make sense to you? I mean, it does. I uh, guess I have no idea, but um, yeah, it's just the 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 locus of points just above the water table. So that must be like aquifers, if it's like the water table, uh, where the soil pores may either contain air or water. I don't know. I thought it was fascinating. So, Vados, is that what you said? Yeah. That sounds good to me. (laughs) Yeah, sounds wonderful to me. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, you know, to wrap up, people... Be careful tomorrow. I mean, this is going to go out tonight, this podcast tonight, and people will listen to it tomorrow. Bottom line, if you don't have to drive tomorrow night or Wednesday, please don't. And you know there's going to be people out out driving. I mean, we're not exactly sure when the switchover is. But if you do, check out our road conditions group. Yes. And search for that on Facebook, Stormdor Weather Road Conditions Group. Uh, It'll be busy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, yeah. I got to check to see if if I turn free posting back off or back on or not because this is going to be a big thing. I'll, I'll make a, a a headline post in there probably yeah. tomorrow. You go, yeah, especially if it's it's for Southwest Missouri, it's Northwest Arkansas, you know, anywhere around here. Uh, it's it's designed uh, for like off roads. Like if you're going, like I just I mentioned Taneyville logos. So if you're in Taneyville and you need to come to Branson, you can ask specific questions on specific routes. Uh, is this road closed? Do I need to take another another route? Uh, do I need to go through Springfield? You know what's I forty four? And we always say I always say every time Modot is great, but Modot does not cover these side roads. That's why uh, this this group was invented, and we know for a fact we have saved a lot of people a lot of headaches. Uh, they've even told us that. So thankfully for this group. Yeah. Okay. Keep watching our page. Uh, you got anything else? No. Stay warm. Stay safe. Stay safe. All right. Well, I think it's time to wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like and follow our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. 
Also, check out our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. Podcast.